Don't do it. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. like that you know but i mean look how long he's known tim uh what was his tim not tim robbins but uh tim who the guy from saturday night live same time he was on same time uh tim um, tim meadows yes yes they they were they were at that uh comedy troupe principal and uh mean girls yeah and they both were on saturday night live together but i mean i'm saying that like they were on in the same comedy troupe in Chicago. Well, yeah, it was, what is it, Second... Um, Second City. Second City. In and I.O. that's what Belushi went through, that's what Aykroyd went through, Gilda Radner, all those people. But they were, you know, like, they break them up into troops, right? Right. So that's that was, in that particular troop, Tim Meadows was in that troop as well. Yeah. So I, he kind of started with Farley before, like, any of these guys. That is true. I still think that probably Spade and Sandler were... More as close as friends. Well, and that's what he Chris said Rock, too. too. Yeah, and even even uh, Mike Myers too. You know. Yeah. Did you know Mike Myers was afraid of him? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, we'll in get fact, to that. But yeah. Yeah. He was. He was actually afraid of. I thought we were getting into it already. Well, yeah. Buddy. But I meant like, yeah. Well, because you know, like uh, originally, Chris Farley was supposed to do Shrek, the voice of Shrek. In fact, he even uh, yeah. he even. Um, he even did a test test um, shoot video, whatever a recording mm-hmm. uh, for Shrek, and ended up going to Mike Myers. Obviously, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Do you know that so also? Did he the, like audition for it and stuff too, or what? well, actually, they create the creators of Shrek based it off of Chris Farley and Spade, David Spade. Those the donkey, oh, the and, donkey yeah, and yeah and the ogre gotcha so that's that based off of Chris Farley and David Spade. so then was David Spade gonna be the donkey I don't know based off of it I don't know I mean definitely we got a, a really good uh, um um Shrek yeah yeah and Mike Myers yeah Mike Myers and then uh, what's his face I'm having a brain fart today. Eddie Murphy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, um, but, you know, I mean, having Eddie Murphy be the donkey, but, you know, it's it's kind of ironic, because maybe it was because... I'm making waffles. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it's because in the morning, I'm making waffles. No, but um, it's kind of funny, because that was supposed to be Chris Farley and David Spade, and then, you know... Chris Farley passed away before he could actually get the role, apparently, and then ended up being two other Saturday Night correct. Live alums. Literally, that, almost Mike at the same time, except Murphy. for Murphy. You yeah, know Eddie what I mean? Murphy was a little bit more in the '80s and yeah. everything. So uh, today we're talking about Tommy Boy. This movie came out in 1995. Uh, it was directed by Peter Segal. It was written by Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner. I imagine it's a significant other couple type of thing. I've never heard of these people. They could before. be brother sister. Could be. Um, less likely, but could be. Yeah, or cousins. I would know if I did any research into them, but I did not this episode because I was like, okay, those writers are those writers. I didn't know much about them. Uh, this starts Chris Farley as Tommy, uh, the titular Tommy boy. 
David Spade as Richard, Brian Dennehy as Big Tom, Bo Derek as Beverly, Dan Aykroyd as Zelinsky, Julie Warner as Michelle, many, many others, including obviously Rob Lowe as and, the uh, the little son, supposed son-in-law. You know what I was thinking too? He's not in the top cast. Yeah, he, he, Rob Lowe isn't. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Well, and it's also weird to see Rob Lowe in in kind of a Paul villain. was his name. Yeah. But having having Rob Lowe as a villain, it's very rare. Not I back think, then, in my it opinion. wasn't Wayne's World. He was the villain too. Another True. Saturday Night Live. Okay, okay, movie. okay. Wayne's World. But then you know, like The Stand, he was a good guy. Sure. Uh, you know, El- Saint Elmo's Fire. Sure. Uh, the Outsiders. Yeah. Soda Pop. All, all, like all good guys, you know. And and then I'm not saying he hasn't had any. He just like has that. that 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 smarmy punchable face, you know. Of like, not, deep, he, but I mean, it's people like the typical said that. rich guy where yeah. like like uh, Playboy type of guy. Yeah. He totally doesn't seem that way at all. Right. He has that, that face. What, what was your first exposure to to uh, Rob Lowe? Probably The Outsiders. That's as far right. back as I remember. I, I mean, it's probably Wayne's World. I think I probably watched Wayne's World before I watched The Outsiders. For me, it was a stand, to be honest with you. like It, might it wasn't been, memorable enough for me, I guess, for Wayne's World. Well, because the stand was after Wayne's World? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, because it was a miniseries that came out in, like, I think the early to mid yeah but that's my i guess that's the first time i remember rob Lowe. like yeah. I, I i did see wayne's world back in the day and then i did see a lot of these you know saint elmo's fire i i remember mom had it on vhs and uh she'd watch it on vhs see, every once in a while i didn't really get into yeah. saint elmo's fire or anything I, I i remember because i think star wars was on recorded on that same vhs tape it was like it, so, it, it was either that one fire or about last night or you may, remember about last yeah night or maybe it was die hard too you know not part two know. but die hard as one. well as well <laughs> but you know i remember mom had saint elmo's fire on a tape but it was a really good movie that we also had on that tape uh-huh. that um that I would watch all the time because I remember Saint Elmo's seeing Saint Elmo's fire on there. For all me, the it's time. like a handful mush of The Stand, Wayne's yeah. World, and The Outsiders. Yeah, it was one of those three. I can't really remember. I was probably watching most of them all around the same yeah. time. You know, so you know, I I really enjoy these episodes. I'm going to let you know the as ones far that are t- having the Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Live uh, alum uh, alum. In, in in videos is just because I guess I don't know it's it's it, it feels like there's not a t- it's not super deep movies but there's a lot of talk about it you know right. what I mean because it's when we were growing up you know that our kind of comedy you know growing and, up in our generation and when we go back I think you and I because we have had very good storytelling since then mm-hmm. so I think you and I kind of like at least I am like a little taken back like oh it's DB. it's not it's not quite what I thought it or remember it being you know what i mean like uh i just i just enjoy talking about sure. these type of movies like anything you know happy madison type movies i say that well let's just say saturday night live type movies you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like like you know even um hot rod with you know andy samberg and some of the characters from lonely island actually and <laughs> and then you know um just just you know anything Sandler does anything you know even David Spade like Joe Dirt you know not my it's, cup of tea it's Dirte it's pronounced Dirte remember in the movie yeah. Joe Dirt it's pronounced Dirte yeah I mean like even that was like you know not really my cup of tea I could say that you being know, said though Deuce Joe, Bigelow I love those movies Joe Dirt became so iconic that it kind of finally separated Spade from, from these movies because from like Farley too his in most a way. popular yeah. thing was being the other half of Farley 
and they only did two movies together. But here's the thing: Seagal, they did the director, of skits and stuff. Right, but. Seagal, the director of these movies. You know, he he literally said he said that. Did he even direct Black Sheep too? Uh, I want to say I think he okay. did. I could be wrong. I'll look, but okay. go ahead. Um, but he uh, he even said he said you know once once we did Tommy Boy. It was it for him. You know, he was like, they are the next Abbott Costello. They're the next, you know, so and so and so forth. Right. You know, the the comedy team, which they really could have been there. Penelope Spheris that okay. did Black Sheep. But maybe that's why I underperformed because right. it didn't not, have not as much of a, yeah. a veteran director or whatever. But, you know, he was just saying that, you know, it was just they could have been the next Abbott Costello because they worked off each other. They work off each other so well. Right. You know, and, and you know, we find out from Adam Sandler, you know, he says that, you know, that was some of their favorite parts was, you know, when Farley would mess with Spade, you know, in real life too, uh-huh. you know, but it was just, it was just kind of, I guarantee you Spade's probably like not ever bothered by it. You know, he wasn't bothered by it. He just knows that he's a different type of comedic actor, actor and they feed off each yeah, other. Yeah, and not too much. Like, like Spade didn't show up to Chris Farley's funeral and a lot of people back then because there was... You know, they had their relationship and everything, but also there was a lot of yeah, a bit of animosity. bickering and animosity yeah. between the two. And it could have to do with the same thing that happened with uh, with uh, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Yeah. It was, you know, they did 10 years together, and Jer- but Jerry Lewis was considered the talent yeah. who wanted to break out on his own, and Dean Lewis is kind of like underappreciated yeah. for the duo's success. So mm-hmm. that could have been part of it, but then... Um, as silly as Joe Dirt is, and it was only yeah. one movie. Yeah, it it put it separated David Spade away from that, and and gave him something on his yeah. own right and everything. And and like I said, it didn't last. There was no sequels and everything. But when people look back and say, you know, what was his most famous role or popular role? Tommy Boy, Black. It's Sheep. either going to be yeah. that or it's going to be Joe Dirt. And right, right. Joe Dirt now I think commonly is more known than yeah. Tommy Boy. But but it's but it's also kind of like with Sandler and Schneider. You know, it's kind of like that same type of relationship where it's That's like interesting that you said you, that. You know, you know, Schneider, I don't feel like I love the guy. I think he's a phenomenal actor, everything he does, but I think he does it better when he's with Sandler. Just like I he's think the David more Spade. outrageous one, right, whereas right. Sandler usually plays the straight guy. Well, I don't know. I, I kind it of is been... because look at all their look at all basically all of Rob Schneider's movies was Adam Sandler movies, right? Yeah, and in all of them he played this outlandish, weird character, whereas Adam Sandler was more of like the normal but character. No, no, let, let me let mean? me try to give you a different set of opinion on that one, okay. right? Like I think what it was is you got the normal characters in Sandler's films. Right. Right. Like, uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, you know, those two guys that are in all of Sandler's movies too. Right. They're married together and, and, but they're, no, no, the, that was, uh, that was big daddy. Big that daddy. was big daddy. Yeah. That's right. So but big daddy, Peter where, Dante. And, yeah. Where uh, they're Alan totally Col- normal Colbert. people. They're not weird at all. So that's right. the normal character, right? Then you have, you have Sandler who is just a, a few levels above that as being weirder. You know, then you have Schneider above that, <laughs> exactly. Who who is even ultimately but more if, weirder than Sandler? If you take them, but Sandler's as the, never the the non-normal guy. Well, in the and here's the thing. Okay, so I'll, I'll just admit, let's let's put Sandler and Schneider. They're just they they don't really fit in this category because right. <clears throat> Rob Schneider always when it's the two of them, whether yeah. uh, instead of uh, except for uh, either Hot Girl or. 
the animal. I can't remember which one that were Adam animal Sandler, where Adam Sandler sorry, played the you can do it guy. You yeah, know they switch yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, Adam uh, Rob Schneider is always the outlandish weirdo. Yeah, and it's what he's gotten a lot of crap for nowadays because a lot of it had to do with different ethnicities. You know, because actors used to do that back in the well, day. You know, he's Asian, you're not allowed right? to he's half Asian. He's half Asian. I, I don't. I, I don't even know if I want to like get into half that Filipino. Whole thing, I believe. But, um, so, anyways, um, let's get because we're talking about this uh, yeah. as far as the duos and stuff. Let's get into. I kind of mentioned to you just a bit ago about just doing a top three buddy duos, like from comedy, from comedy movies or whatever. Okay. So, who would be like your top three duos, uh, or would you like me to go first? Do you want to think about it while I'm going? I, I've kind of thought about it. Uh, uh, I want to definitely say. Um, you go first because okay. I've got a couple in my head. All right. So for you, I will go in uh, ascending order this time instead of descending order. My number one is Sandler Schneider. I just put that on there because I don't know. I like Adam Sandler movies. And when I think of all these other duos, they're good and everything, but I'd rather just throw on an Adam Sandler movie. And typically, Rob Schneider's going to be in one of those. So, but it's not the typical, you know, uh, Abbott and Costello and uh, Lewis and Martin, you know, um, that type of thing. Yeah, but, Jane Silent Bob or something. But uh, my number two <laughs> is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Because they've done Hot Fuzz, they've done um, Shaun of the Dead, you know, they did uh, That would at actually be, and that would probably be my number two. Yeah, that's That'd my number, number two. two. Because yeah. these two, are, like, I don't even like a couple of those movies. Like, Hot Fuzz is okay, and yeah. At World's End is okay, but but just the, that duo together is amazing, and a Shaun of the Dead, I think, is one and, of the and, funniest and, movies and, out oh, there. Oh, I agree, and then what's great about that movie is that, you know, or, uh, not sorry, just the movie, but the two actors is that they they go off do their own thing one might be getting a lot more praise than the other or who cares you oh, know sure. and then they come back and can do it again and they start it together you know yeah. it's kind of thing where it's it's kind of a duo that you you respect and yeah. recognize now there's yeah. other duos that work together these i just did ones that do multiple movies together because there's ones that are like a one-off that are like amazing duos together right like jim carrey and daniel and uh, uh jeff um Daniels, yeah, in Dumb and Dumber mm -hmm. and Dumb and Dumber to Part Two or whatever it's called, um, they really just did one movie together, and the, the second one was awful. But they really just did one movie. But it, they were a great duo together. Yeah. But I did ones that have like multiple movies together. The last one I did was a kind of a tie, so more of a top four. But it's uh, uh, Rogan and uh, Seth Rogan and James Franco okay. as one because any movie they're in together, they make me laugh. Okay. And I know that there's some stuff with James Franco right now. I'm setting aside the person from the actor or from the acting. Yeah. So uh, Rogan and Franco and then Lemon and Mathau. You know, Jack Lemon. Lemon Mathau was my third. Okay, that's that's um, what I have tied for my third. But I think maybe when I... I mean, the odd couple, it's just so iconic, you can't get past that. Well, maybe maybe and when I say my man. number one, you might actually agree with me on okay. this one. So you had your number two as Simon Pegg and Nick yes. Frost. You had number three as Lemon and Mathau. Correct. So what's your number one? John Krasinski and Rain Wilson. Okay. So, but I mean, they, they haven't done any years, movies. But, but, yeah, but as many TV years, shows. eight years straight. Sure. It, I, I, I classify that as, as falling sure. into a category. That's so. a cheat. Like I have Sandler and Schneider mm -hmm. as a cheat, mm -hmm. so that's fine. I'll let it go and everything. But that, yeah, that's the, that's also a good duo. I would say even um, Steve Carell yeah. and Rain Wilson. Or all three of those guys you know, together, you know? Stuff like that. So. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, it's 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 you know there's there's but, a but whole history. Mentions- uh, would definitely be uh, what's his face from Ant Man, um, Paul Rudd. And Jason Segal or Paul Rudd and, and Seth, Rogen. Seth Rogen. When they're insulting each other Correct. in my in 40 year old version, you know how I know you're gay? Correct. <laughs> no, I'm not gay. I'm just celibate. I think, I mean, that sounds gay. I just want you to know that this is like the first conversation of like three conversations that leads to you being gay. Like, there's this, and then in a year, it's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of going to want to get back out there, but I think I like guys. And then there's the big, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gay guy now. You're gay for saying that. I'm gay for saying that. You know how I know you're gay? How? How do you know I'm gay? Because you macrameed yourself a pair of jean shorts. You know how I know you're gay? You just told me you're not sleeping with women anymore. You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are? You know how I know you're gay? How? You like Coldplay. You know how I know that you're gay? How? You like the movie Made in Manhattan? You know how I know you're gay? How? I saw you make a spinach dip in a loaf of sourdough bread once. You know how I know that you're gay? Oh. You have a rainbow bumper sticker on your car that says, I love it when balls are in my face. That's gay? Know why you're gay? Because you like Asia. You guys cool it with the gay. <laughs> I love that. But like, uh, many people with Paul Rudd, let's just say right, that. Right, right, right. Paul Rudd with anybody is just gold. Correct. And Paul Rudd by himself is just it's gold. It's just gold, so. correct. But yeah, there, I mean, there are many out there that come to this. Do you think when now, you watch Clueless back in the day, that you would realize that this guy, like, I mean, and even in Clueless, he was so talented in that movie. Sure, but he was straight-laced. And, and he's very straight-laced, but a little bit of comedy kind of slipped out every once in a while. And, and, and you know, like, watching that movie back then, I never would have thought that he would have been probably the biggest person from this movie. He's a good-looking guy, so yeah. I thought, you know, I probably would have thought, okay, he's going to go somewhere. But definitely not in that corner of Hollywood that yeah. he's in, where yeah. he's just like grabbed as this like a improv genius. funny guy yeah. that can get in there with the marvel people and be an action star right. and look badass but he can also get in with the seth rogan movies yeah. and just be a completely ridiculous person Correct. that makes everybody laugh yeah i got you uh but so anyways wanted to go over those because there there are many of these and it's interesting that neither of us had david spade and chris farley on our list yeah yes they only did two movies but they were pretty epic and you know they had a lot of good skits together on the saturday night live would pur- purposely put those two together do you want you, you want to know why that's not on my list well i have you, a good reason and of course the the matt foley uh skit on saturday night live <laughs> that had david spade and christine applegate yeah. and down yeah. by the river and everything but um i mean because david spade was there you know sure yeah but i i just not saying that it was bad, but Black Sheep and Tommy Boy are almost the same exact movie, in a way. I don't remember Black Sheep much. I know that there was something where he was like running for a political office, yeah. and they had to go no, to his hiding. Brother was. His brother was. Yeah, and they were like putting him away into this for his cabin. Brother. They were just trying to keep him out yeah. of the media and different things yeah. like that. So. I remember it was forgettable enough to, to really? not be I that. I love Black Sheep. Really? I, maybe I just haven't seen it in a while. I think I did like it when I was younger just because yeah. it was more Chris Farley being Chris Farley. Yeah. But as a movie uh, viewer and, and someone who likes to talk and discuss yeah. movies nowadays, I don't know. Maybe I, I wouldn't because I didn't really like Tommy Boy that much when I watched it this time. Uh, what, what kept me watching it and wanting to do a podcast on it was the nostalgia and was Chris Farley. Right. But I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's a comedy classic. I think it's a great comedy movie 
for what it was and for Chris Farley's talents, but I would never put it up there with Caddyshack. I I wouldn't even probably put it up there with a couple Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Um, Steve Martin movies and all this kind of stuff. You know, you have these comedy actors like Adam Sandler, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, where they each have like a movie that defines them. You know, Adam Sandler's probably Happy Gilmore. Well, you just know? and look at it this way too, though, because look at the type of comedians they are. Because Martin's Martin and Sandler at its root are the same type of comedy actors. Okay. Where Chris Farley, John Candy, John Belushi are at their core the same exact type of comedy actor. How is Adam Sandler and uh, and and who did you say? Steve Martin and Steve Martin the same. That they're they're funnier, straight laced than they are super physical type comedy actors. Like Adam Sandler, watch Steve well, Martin and the problem. jerk is very physical and very very out. But I, I I get what you're saying with Adam Sandler because it's more of the reactions to the absurd that makes yes. Adam Sandler funny. Yes. His his is not in. It's I think real good comedy comes from you know not anything too outlandish. You know, like the possibility of this happening is very rare to a human being. Um, like a deer being in the back seat for, you know, over half a day and then waking up, yeah, you know, at the worst possible moment right. and, and, and basically wrecking your car like and that. And you have these you know? two actors who are like the, the two types of comedy that I've talked about before. You yeah. have one producing the actual comedy and that's Chris Farley. Yeah. You know, the physical comedy that he idolized Belushi for and yeah. different people like that. So, but then you have um, David Spade who does more of the reacting to the absurd Correct. comedy and everything and, and doing it deadpan in a way that makes you laugh your ass Like Bill Murray's like that too. Bill Murray can be, I think Bill Murray can play both, honestly. But sometimes some, he plays but, the one doing right. the comedy. Sometimes he's reacting like Groundhog's Day. He's kind of reacting yeah. To the absurdity and everything. but 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 you know Adam Sandler can do that too though if sure. you think about it you know he, he can go both ways in that sense but he's where, worse whenever he's doing the outlandish stuff yeah. like it's a little it's he lays it on way too thick like yeah. in Little Nicky or different things like like uh, being like um, that's my well you like that's my boy yeah I do I'm talking about uh, I also Jack like and Jill that's Andy. what I mean oh okay, say. yeah so like Jack and Jill I and, thought we said we were going to talk about Little Nicky thing but I mean I love Little like, Nicky that's though. when Adam Sandler goes I really a little do. too absurd but I like him I when like he's kind of the Nicky. chill guy and kind of reacting to the absurdness like in uh, in Fifty First Dates when she starts beating the crap out of Ula with with a bat and everything he's like okay I think he's had enough <laughs> <laughs> she's like not good enough yet <laughs> oh you crazy bitch yeah keep running <laughs> she's like yeah keep running i would that's a, that is definitely a comedy show i would go see is schneider too dude like as schneider opening for sandler, sandler oh my like gosh that. That we'll go ahead and talk about what we're doing next month well we're uh, next month about. Uh, and Sandler is coming to Dallas, the American uh, Airlines Center in Dallas. Yes, and it's uh, what the fifteenth, right? Fifteenth of yeah, February. Yeah, fifteenth. And uh, we got tickets, and we will be going there. We sure do. We sure will. And uh, we're going to probably do something to make our uh, our march this year, which is what we have dubbed the the uh, the month of Adam Sandler. Yep. 
something to do, uh, something cool. We'll probably talk a lot about uh, what we experienced there yep. and uh, the different things that made us laugh and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll be doing a couple more of his movies in March. So I'm pretty excited for that. You got me those tickets for Correct. Christmas so we can go together. Yep. So it'll be a good time. We'll definitely let you guys know huge, how that huge. I mean, is. as you know, if you've you know been listening to our show, we are huge Sandler fans. You know, and right. um, you know, even some of the bad ones we've seen just because we want to say that we've seen them, and they are Sandler movies. You know, but we we like ninety percent of his ninety nine point five percent of his. It's all good movies. to think that we would want to go in there and be like DiCaprio and De Niro mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. But in all honestly, that's extremely rare in this world, and that's yeah. not that wouldn't be us. Yeah. You know, the typical person going into Hollywood. No. The typical person going into Hollywood would be like more like Adam Sandler, yeah. where you have these certain types of roles. But a lot of people get into that situation and they want to be like a De Niro or DiCaprio yeah. and different things. Yeah. And so they try to do this other thing. If I was in Hollywood, I would want to be like Adam Sandler where I just want to make stupid things that make people laugh and hang out and have fun with my friends. Yeah. And that's what we talked about in some of the earlier episodes of Adam Sandler's that we did is that that's what he likes doing. And that's obviously what, what Chris Farley liked mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. The only difference with Chris Farley is he was extremely self-conscious and he just wanted people to like him. Yeah. You know, he had spent his whole life getting talked about about his weight and doing things like that. And so his defense mechanism is he would self-deprecate yeah. to let you know, hey, I'm in on the joke, too. Let's be friends. You if, know? You read, so he was, if you watch that the biography, they even talk about how, you know, it was brought to his attention that he is living the same lifestyle as Belushi did. The only problem is he is far more advanced uh at the level that Belushi passed away at, he's so much closer to that, so much quicker. Mm-hmm. Where where it took Belushi, you know, many more and years. And he even bragged to to in that one point. interview, like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm fatter than him now." Too. Yeah, so you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, so he 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 idolized Belushi. He he idolized Belushi. He wanted to be Belushi, and in his generation, he was the Belushi. Yeah. Um, before we get into uh, some of the Chris Farley documentary that we watched, and and to him as a person and an actor uh let's get through a little bit of the movie we're not going to really dig into the movie too deep this episode um this is a a typical like road trip buddy comedy Mm -hmm. type of movie um everything that you think is going to happen happens uh there's not too much to talk about it it was a great vehicle for chris farley to come out it was very safe mm-hmm. it was exactly what you would think was going to happen um it had the chemistry between him and david spade but it's just become one of these movies that it's more about the quotables than the actual movie itself um, what did you do just to go over some of the quotables i even s- s- just wrote a little section here you know the brothers don't shake hands brothers got a hug and i like the way he says that and you know ralph is just like oh my god um the quotes uh like holy shnikes i mean that phrase has been going around forever it feels like and that came from this movie it came from chris farley himself um whenever he's (laughs) he's trying to he accidentally bent uh richard's door and then he fixes it what'd you do and for some reason, the dent goes away too. Right. You know yeah. how it was dented when it got Be- because peeled. Because here's the thing: if Spade or or Richard, the character uh-huh. Richard, walked up, he would have seen the dent. He because he and it. he even looked at a little spot and buffed yeah, it out exactly. and everything before pulling the whole door off. And of course, <laughs> and Farley's looking. What'd you straight do? In. 
You're looking straight ahead, not <laughs> knowing not exactly not- what was about <laughs> to happen. <laughs> but that timing was just so perfect. I mean, that's why they say Spade and Farley could have been the next, you know, Abbott Costello. Yeah, you know? yeah, things like that. Things like they him. just didn't have enough time because, you know, like I said with Black Sheep, problem is, is I love both of these movies. But they're the kind of the same type of roles. It's basically, you know, Farley getting into trouble and, you know, Spade's trying to keep him out of trouble. You know what I mean? And the problem is, is they didn't have enough movies or enough time together to make more movies that would have been far more memorable, I believe. Yeah, and I always wonder that, too. And I was actually wondering it when we were, I was getting ready for this episode is what... What would he have done? Because I mean, he had three big movies before he died. You know, he had he had Tommy Boy, he had Black Sheet, and Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, um, and then that one with Matt Perry, which didn't really right. Pan the out uh, well. what West. was it? Something no, something about oh no, I was thinking of Dudley Do Right. I was like, it's th- something Canadian. Wait, is it Canadian Bake? No, that's John Candy. Um, what was that one? Yeah, I know which one you're talking about, yeah. but it was when him he was famous and Matthew Perry was popular and everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's but you look at Adam Sandler and he had you know that Overboard, whatever that movie was. Mm-hmm. He had Coneheads. Mm-hmm. He even had Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Did you say Coneheads or Earheads? Coneheads. Yeah. Because he was in, he had a little part in Coneheads. So did Chris Farley. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Airheads as well. And so. You know, you, you but he didn't really blow up until like the wedding singer, and after <laughs> starts doing that again. So he didn't really blow up until Airheads. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Airheads. Uh, like a wedding singer, and after yeah. that. Yeah. So maybe Chris Farley just hadn't gotten to the point where he could figure out, you know, what what will sustain him because, you know, everybody loved. Tommy Boy, mm-hmm. but Black Sheep wasn't as good. You know, Beverly Hills Ninja has its moments and everything, but yeah. it wasn't really a great movie. Yeah, um, different things like that, and of course well, the Matthew like Perry one with, wasn't with, either. With Belushi, you know, I mean, and well, I can't say that with Belushi. I mean, I don't know if Belushi ever put out a bad film. I mean, he didn't put out a lot because yeah, he, he didn't pass away. But I think every single one of them he did it was was like that. John Candy had some bad ones. You know, and and before he passed away, but yeah, you know, from the same kind of situation, you know, I mean, even, you know, Sandler says it himself, you know, you, you're gonna turn out like like Belushi and Candy. Well, know? and Candy, it was never, it, it was never really like he had a little bit of dabbling in drugs, like, but, but his was just a health thing, and he yeah. had, he had the heart thing. Well, but. no, that's what Sandler was talking about, though. You know, not so much the the drug, but the weight too. You know, I mean, because he he, but a lot he, of it, he was, he was a drugs. known addict of food. You know, yeah. I mean, just like anybody will tell you, you know, food's an addiction as well. So, like, when he was going through his problem, Adam Sandler telling, you know, remembers telling his friend, you know, you're going to die from that, buddy. You've got to stop. It's it's not going to end right, you know. Mm-hmm. That was the drugs thing and everything. So, yeah. you know, and he ended up being just like Belushi. He died from basically an eight ball, yeah. you know, you speed and heroin. Yeah. or Well, in his case, it was speed and morphine. Yeah. and Or cocaine and morphine. Yeah. And, um... <clears throat> Uh, he was 33 years old, just like Belushi. Belushi yeah. was 33 years old when he died. I mean, it's almost like he... he and he bragged about it before he died. Yeah. Not bragged, but he said, you know, I'll be older than Belushi when he died by this time. And he never made it. Yeah. You know? It's just kind of sad, though, because in a way, you almost think that, like, he was... You know, you you want to think, was Chris Farley so dedicated 
to being a, uh, a a comedian, right? Like, I mean, he they they said that he if he wasn't performing on stage, mm-hmm. he was st- sitting to the side of the stage, listening to everybody that um, were performing after him and before him, learning. You know, not 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 just you know he wouldn't get on stage, do his bit, and go home. You know, yeah. or go party. You know, he would sit there afterwards and and study these other sure. co- comedians. You know, maybe it was he was so dedicated to his to his trade. You know, that he almost he was just so very short sighted. You yeah. know what I mean on on what he could have been he he could have been capable of and what he could have you know done in for in his life. But he was just so dedicated to the trade and to the to being a, uh, a comedian that that's all he's focusing on, and he idolized Belushi. Yeah. You know, it's almost like he felt like he had to be do the same things Belushi did to be Belushi. Sure, and bottom line is he just wanted to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted people to like him, too, right. because he was always afraid that people didn't like him or whatever. I mean, you know, I just like just another little story, you know, Olivia Wilde. She was 10 years old on a set that they were both doing. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But she, you know who Olivia Wilde is, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the one that did that, what is it called? Don't Worry Darling, that new movie yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was 10 years old on set, and she, she said she was a chubby kid. And she was, like, self-consciously, like, embarrassingly eating this brownie at the table, at their little craft service table or whatever. And Chris Farley came over and locked eyes with her and just put one brownie in. And then he put a second brownie in. And then he put a third brownie in. And then she said he just started smashing brownies in. <laughs> and it was just to make her laugh, yeah, you know. So yeah. that type of thing. You know, he, he used comedy and his outrageousness to get people yeah. to like him, you know. And they, and they said, you know, like you never, ever, ever hear of him, even on his, his you know, when he would be on drugs and alcohol and things like that, that he would be like violent with other people no no like 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 going getting fights and things like that you know he just uh, it was always stories about his self his own self-destruction right it was self-destruction right he was he was explosive and yeah but not outwardly you know in a way you know like it would it would leak out because that's like jim carrey's the same way you know uh robin williams was the same way um it just leaks out sometimes you know but i mean it was never the destruction on the outside it was all the, always about the destruction on the inside of him that was causing him to you know people were laughing but in reality it was the only thing that was keeping him going well, what they said was that he was uh, a common quote was he was a very sweet guy before midnight yeah you know meaning before he started partying he was a sweet guy when he partying he was just that outrageous guy but it didn't yeah. mean that he was violent like you mm-hmm. said i mean uh, i think lauren michael said like it was it, he was basically the child that dan Aykroyd and john belushi never had right he said it was a good mix between those right. two because he was a uh, a soft-hearted guy who cared about this and cared about that like but was also a comedy genius right like i'd be like belushi yeah. and just be like yeah. this 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 monster because I, I personally consider Aykroyd as the comedy genius on that side of it. Where, where he was deaf, they, uh, his fellow Saturday Night Live cast have kind of called Aykroyd like a savant when it comes to yeah. that. he was the guy writing stuff. And he's he's a known uh, he he's known to have autism as well and be on the spectrum. Sure. You know, and and for him to be like that, and most people like not most people, but a lot of people that are on that spectrum. Tim Burton. Yeah, he's exactly. But they they they're not super social animals and doing ca- and they have their own specific very specific i don't mean to call them animals like it's an animal no no you know no, what no I mean? people know uh, you mean. yeah yeah it's a different animal but but you know he he's not 
he's not very socially awkward. He can't do what he does and be socially awkward. You know, he can play socially awkward characters, but, you know, Akron's a genius when he's not playing the mm-hmm. awkward Ghostbuster type character. You yeah. know what I mean? Where he's playing the very, anything he does with Sandler or any of the other Sunderland Live, he's very in your face, uh, very sure of himself, confident yeah. person. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm just saying that, you know, to be like that, you have to be a certain way. Yeah. Where, 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 where Belushi was very outgoing like that, but he kind of was, it was just natural for he him. He lived like um, Farley did in excess. Yes. So in excess, like, but it was natural. Naturally, he was a naturally funny person. Right. Where Aykroyd is, is, can create it, but those two and, guys were and, able to be it. Yeah, and it strikes me that, that Farley and, and Belushi are the types that they would self-implode if they weren't living that excess Correct. Sty- lifestyle because they wouldn't know how to how to let all this stuff out yeah. because they obviously had so much energy within them Constant. and so much to get out there. Yeah. That's how they would funnel it is through their explosive yeah. comedy stuff and everything. And if they didn't have that, <laughs> it might be a bad thing. Like, you know, um, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, when he was on Saturday Night Live, that you know they were talking about how... <clears throat> He was talking about how one night uh, uh, Chris Farley would just was throwing furniture. He's like, and I don't mean just, he goes, I mean he was picking up a couch above his head and throwing it five feet. And then he turned around in a soft-spoken voice say, you think Belushi's in heaven? Just so, so I mean, he has that like that duality, you know, mm-hmm. like like he's just like this rage monster that's doing these things to make people laugh and so explosive. But then he can turn around and be this sweet guy. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. like spitting. On no, no, it's, no. Oh. But they, you know, he can turn around and be this sweet guy. So, um, you know, it's definitely an interesting personality to know, and you know, everybody could see the warning signs leading up to it. Yeah. Everybody could. Everybody could. I mean, he even you know, Chevy Chase. He was he, Chevy Chase came back. And, you know, he even said to him, he said, look, you're not Belushi. And when you overdose or kill yourself, you will not have the same acclaim that John did. You don't have that record of accomplishments that he had. Now, whether Chevy Chase was just trying to talk down to him or whether he was just trying to give him a real reality check that his buddies like Sandler and Spade may not want to do just to, yeah. oh, maybe it'll throw well, him because off or whatever. Chevy, Ch- Chase, Ch- give Chevy Chase is the old guard, you and know, he, where, and where he, Sandler was the new guard at the time. And it was the same and, thing and we talked guys. about, what, a couple episodes ago where Bill Murray didn't like Chris Farley because it reminded him of oh, Belushi, Belushi. But that was more probably a personal like, hey, this isn't funny to be like yeah. this. It killed my friend. Well, they were in Second City together, too. Yeah, you and, know, and he idolized Belushi. Yeah. I mean, that was his number one idol. That was Chris Farley's number one yeah. idol yeah. was Belushi. Yeah. And so. it's just sad, too, because, you know, when I started watching this film, right, and it was, uh, we were at the wedding, right? Which wedding? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, on the I film. Yeah, and they were at the wedding, and, you know, I was sitting down with the wife and, and the daughter watching it. And, you know, I was like, you know, it's so sad to think that, you know, a lot of these actors here right here, you know, even these older ones are still alive. And where... And not only Chris that... Because Farley is not. And not only that, but the generations nowadays, some of them don't even know who some of these people are. Yep. Like David Spade said, the uh, he was saying on an interview a couple of years back, he's like, you know, I talked to somebody. He's like, it, it still strikes me as extremely odd when I talk about Farley and people don't know who I'm talking about. You know, he's like, he's like, 
I, it's just, he goes, it, it was a terrible thing what happened to him and everything. He's like, but it's just one of those things that, you know, the world moves on. It shows yeah. that the world moves on. But it just strikes me as odd that, you know, we have these people. And I'm sure our parents' generation are thinking about, you know, Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello yeah. and, you know, Martin and Lewis and all these yeah. people. George Carlin. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, I mean, all the duos and yeah. everything. So. But, no, I mean, you, you think about it, too, is that, the problem is, is he he's like a uh, a match. You know, Farley was like a match, sure. right? So you light it, it burns, but it's out pretty quickly. You know what I mean? And it and it sucks that he got to that level, but you know the problem that a lot of people don't know who Farley is because he only put out like three movies yeah. that he starred in that headlines Chris Farley. Sure, you know what I mean? And so it just sucks because he didn't put out anything more. That's what I'm that saying. We didn't would, get past oh, I remember that him. Jump off. I remember to yeah, his yeah. career right, to see right. what he would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, this movie is about this guy named Tommy Callahan. He graduates from Marquette University, which is actually where Chris Farley really graduated. Yeah, and played was, rugby. Right, and uh, and that was in Wisconsin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he played rugby, just like he does in the movie, all that kind of stuff. He, he played football as well. He was a very athletic person, and right. that's one of the notes I had, is that he's deceptively athletic in this movie. Yeah. because And in every movie, really, because, yeah, a guy of his size is, is his size, but you don't typically see them yeah. doing cartwheels and doing these regular yeah. things, running at full speed and everything, because... He was just so, it was part of his physicality as a comedian and everything, but he did have the history of no. athletics and everything. So, anyways, in this movie, um, basically he graduates, his father owns an auto parts company, they're putting up new brake pads, um, and he's marrying this new hottie, Bo Derek. Um, from, Notice she said, oh, she's a 10, right? Like, literally from the movie 10. Yeah, and, and, and so. the movie called it, uh, She's yeah. a 10, yeah. yeah. So, uh, is it called She's a 10 or is it called 10? 10. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, But, you know, and, you know, she has this this son uh, played by Rob Lowe and everything. So anyways, the father has a heart attack at their their, um, wedding. And um, the whole board basically decides that because they're about to be, they're about to go under. The, the dad keeps trying to take out loans, all this kind of stuff. Anyways, um, the company's going to go under unless Tommy goes out and sells these new brake pads that they've developed. And so basically what ensues after that is a road trip between Tommy and Richard, played by David Spade, um, to go save this company. And, of course, it's got the, every single trope you can think of when it mm-hmm. comes to buddy comedies when it comes to road trip comedies things that are ripped right out of plane, plane, plane trains, trains and, and automobiles. automobiles yeah you know different things like that but you know it's done in the spade farley style yeah. that you see on saturday or Night the so it makes Martin it a little different right or, you know. well i mean i mean they had their own little style yeah. so they all have their own little styles but it's all the buddy comedies the buddy com- uh, you know the the duos or whatever because candy never was a uh um Never was on Saturday Night Live, right? John Candy, no, no. I don't think he was. I mean, he, he probably hosted a couple times, mm-hmm. but forgive me, my knowledge on John Candy is a little thin. Um, I know things that I've seen him in and a couple things here and there, but I just don't know much about John Candy. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it basically, and everything happens the way you think it's going to happen for the most part. You know, Rob Lowe. He's a smarmy guy. It ends up him and the the, the Bo Derek are really married, yeah. and they're con con artists. And you know this type of films, these Saturday Night Live type of films, right? It's always like that too, where you see, you know, in in natural film, you know, in other films that are not like this type of film, mm-hmm. 
the villain is usually, you know, slapstick stuff does not happen to the villain. They're usually pretty smooth operator. Oh, I wanted to say that. You know, I think it's hilarious how Rob Lowe just... Right, right. <laughs> like, he's supposed to be the smooth character that all the ladies want, and and he's... And the one he's getting, getting away with And getting yeah. away with everything. He literally gets away with nothing. He no. gets attacked by a dog. His he shirt gets, gets pulled off. He gets slammed into a wall, and then he gets... He almost gets run over on. by a bunch of cows yes. and all this kind of stuff. But, like, <laughs> and none of it was, like, really Chris... Uh, was Tommy's fault. No. This is all things that, like, he just happened to be one of these, like, oh, suave guys that's going to help con these people, but he keeps on getting, he keeps on getting <laughs> that's what I'm. Everything. That's what I'm talking and about, that, but I if you notice. happened in Wayne's World, didn't it? Yes, yes, and that's what I'm saying. These Saturday Night Live movies, you know, the villain is not, nobody really gets out unscathed in any of these kind of movies. You know, right. Adam Sandler movies, you know, the villain is, I mean, you know, even Jim Carrey movies, it's the same thing. The villain ends up, you know, like, you know, Jim Carrey's being the villain in Cable Guy, right? Like, you know, some stuff just happens to him. You know, he doesn't get away smooth. You know, but anything, any villains in, in, in even... I wouldn't uh, even call him a villain he, in The Cable Guy. He's, he's uh, like, he's the antagonist. He's a criminal, a literal criminal. Yeah, but, but you know. yeah, is he a villain or is he just sad? But, like, look at Little Nicky, right? Like, his brothers, like, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. they're the villains, but all kinds of bad crap happens to them left yeah. and right. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's and it's just, it's that type of movies where you go to see a James Bond villain, and a lot of times they're, they are smashing James Bond the entire film. And then, yeah, something bad might happen. They slip up. Up just a hair, but these kind of movies, the villains just yeah. They, nobody wins in these movies. But it kind of reminds me of like uh, in Funny People, where you have Eric Bana's character, and he's <laughs> yeah. just like so outrageous in that movie. But or, like, or not who you would expect yeah. him to be. Bridesmaid with uh, what's her face? You expect uh, him to be kind of like grown up, but they really they keep having stupid things happen to him. <laughs> I uh, for some reason that's funny to you and I. Like when you have somebody who's supposed to have their crap together in the movie. You know what I call just keep it? happening, and it has nothing to do with the main and, character. And, and that slapstick comedy where people get hurt is hilarious. Like, me and Mom are a lot like this, right? But you know where that comes from? It's the British-style humor. Sure. It's very, very straight pan-faced. You know, like laughing when dad trips and yes, things yes, like yes, that, things right. like that. But you know where you know where we get a lot of that from is from Monty Python because sure. Monty Python's that way. Yeah, they're very proper people. But then and lethal, just, lethal or uh, 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 what was it? Uh, Leslie uh, Nielsen movie, Naked Gun. Those Naked yes. Gun movies, oh we grew up on those, and some of the funniest things of that little dat and Loaded Weapon with uh, Emilio Estevez yes. and Samuel yes. L. Jackson. Love it. Uh, making fun of Lethal yes. Weapon, everything. But, uh, like, but I don't like the newer funny. ones that they did, no, like no. the scary movies and stuff. I the can't first stand one was those. good, but I don't like any uh, but the second one, well, the second one, the guy with the hand was good. You know, grab my good hand. Yeah. <laughs> Let me mix the mashed potatoes. That's the only good part. That's the only good part. But yeah, that uh, everything that came after that and all these disaster movies. Yeah, and, or. The ring, making fun of the ring. Yeah, disaster movies. Yeah, and yeah, All a bunch of that. You're just kind of, yeah. you know. But but the lethal weapon or the loaded weapon did it easy. first. It's not smart. Oh man. But these Airplane. movies, these movies, it's like Adam Sandler and David Spade, just like Bill and Ted and Wayne and Garth. It's juvenile humor that's played out by adults, and they're not movies that are meant for no. critics. No. 
They're not movies that are meant for critics. But they make I don't so think so much money and are so memorable. But I don't know you why know? critics get on this thing where they feel that they have to like, like if you go see the movie, just go see it. You don't have to critique it because no. nobody's looking no. for a Roger or no. Siskel and Eber critique Correct. on on Tommy Boy. No, nobody's looking for that. You or know, Happy Gilmore or you know any of these. Type Nobody of watches Joe these Dirt. For Nobody's going to say Dear Tay. Get it yeah, right. Dear it's Dear Tay. Nobody watches these for sweeping plots, for character moments. These movies are for the simple comedy popcorn eaters. You know, this is quick conversational humor with Correct. fart jokes or whatever. That's free from nuance, intellectualism, any of that. It's the type of humor for like for every adult at their goofiest and every child when most things were were still funny. You know, these guys never lose yeah. that. Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and stuff. You can call it juvenile humor. You can call it not watchable or whatever. That's fine. You yeah. can go watch these. It's not meant to be like that. It's meant to yeah. be for that situational, brief type of humor that you have in everyday life where you laugh yeah. at farts. You laugh at people tripping. You laugh at people bonking their head. Different things like that. Instead of this... Let me let me really wrap my head around and have five different angles to this little comedy bit in this movie. Those are yeah. great, but you don't want to watch those all the time. Well, let me ask you an honest question on this. You know, and, and by the way, these type of movies are my favorite to talk about. Right. These are the I know because I, I see you come more alive I, I during get, Adam Sandler or Chris Farley, whatever. So But it's it's let me ask you a question. Can these type of movies and they've tried it and some of them have worked, but can these type of movies uh are they a good nowadays? Like, like meaning, meaning, like, is the comedy the same? Is it? Do do people like the generation? This, these, you know, twenty through or eighteen through thirty year olds. You know, that ten year period there. Will they find these movies as funny as we did twenty years ago? And oh, do you think they would be even played? Now, if it was exactly the same, first of all, it wouldn't be played at all mm-hmm. because the world's too sensitive nowadays. Correct. Nobody can take a joke. Right. So, no, for that reason alone. Yeah. But, um, no, because everything now is about real quick and move on type of stuff. You know, all the comedy that's coming out nowadays for this new generation, it's very easy. And, like, you know, this is going to sound a lot like what we're talking about here, but. It's very easy, but very quick. Mm-hmm. And then it's on to the next thing. Yeah. It's like you you make a quick little joke and then go on to the next thing. Whereas well, Adam Sandler yeah. movie, it might spend like a good minute or two yeah. on on Hooters, Hooters, Hooters. Uh, what do you got in the bag, Corinne? Some chicken wings, some booby tassels, you know, <laughs> things like that, like harping on it because it's like it's absurd and it's But stupid. if you've noticed, if you've noticed that it has changed, his films, Adam Sandler, the way he's changed them, he doesn't have the offensiveness the offensiveness mm-hmm. and to the point of and he's he has turned it where he's a lot more in in drama type films but how much and, do you and, think and, of that as studio interference saying hey look i get it that's funny but we can't release that I, we I, will get scored right, online if we were i think that. he he's smart about it though and the reason I think he's smart about it is because he goes to places like Netflix. Maybe, where but you, he hasn't had a like really Dave good Chappelle. comedy movie on it on Netflix Ooh, yet. I, like, I liked Hubie Halloween. Oh, yeah, that one was good. And, one the, was and good. then the, the Hustle one. I haven't watched oh, that. Oh, my God, it was so And I good. haven't watched... Well, I watched The Do-Over, and it was okay, but... Do you know I haven't seen, really seen the yet. Gems movie yet? Uncut Gems? Nope. Good I have grief, not man. seen it yet. Well, don't spoil it for yourself. I'm not going actually to. Actually, go watch it. But, hey, did you know that Chris Farley would have turned 59 next month? I, I looked that up as well. And I don't know how I will... Adam Almost Sandler is. I'm sure it's about the same, years but... 
old. But he would have been fifty nine next. So his brothers on that on that autobiography or whatever was yeah was uh, are they his older ones? I mean, I, I think some of them are his younger ones. I right? can't remember. I can't. Like I said, it's been a while since I watched that biography. Uh, yeah. If you guys get a chance, go watch. This is uh, was it called? This is Chris Farley or I'm Chris Farley? I am Chris Farley. I believe is it called? Yeah. So if you guys get the chance, uh, watch this this documentary. It's called I Am Chris Farley. Um, where 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 is it streaming at? Um, where did I watch it? it looks like it's Apple TV. Uh, you, t- you can watch it on YouTube. Actually, YouTube. Well, I think it's YouTube Premium it YouTube. for the full one, though. I'm sure you can find a little bootleg version on the YouTube. But I just typed it in, and found it. <laughs> they have Amazon Prime uh, that you can you can rent it from and everything. But um, what were your favorite parts of of this type of of movie? I don't know. I kind of want to say a lot of it had to do. I mean, obviously, did you laugh more at? Chris Farley, or did you rat laugh more at David Spade? Not Chris Farley because, I mean, I did like like Chris Farley was funny, but it was I thought Spade was a little bit more funnier. His reactions, I think, were a little too bit, Farley. I right? lived, I, at least I laughed a bit more at his reactions. How he go back at at Tommy with different things. Yeah, like. Like one of the examples I had were like just the subtle things, like. Whenever they're on the map, he's like, okay, let's see, Moron is right here, so if we just go... I don't see any McKeesport. It's the next town, tons of fun, it's gotta be there. Okay, where's Moron? Okay, Moron's here, so McKeesport... He points down, and then another one where they're at the, where they first meet again as adults, and he's like, did I hear a niner in there? <laughs> Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? And, or, or and he, wait, wait, and then uh, and Chris Farley goes, no, it was cordless. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No, it was cordless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a walkie-talkie. Yeah, it's so stupid. But, but uh, when when he was like, doing the cars on the desk, oh yeah, like he if you look on the back, back behind the scenes thing, he what he did is he told he told Spade grab my elbow. And I'll, and I'll shrug you off, and so that's when 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 Spade yeah like, he goes he, to grab he goes, the other car and he's he, like he does does so good at first, and then he goes to grab the other car and then Spade uh, I mean uh, Richard automatically knows what he's, what he's about, about to do, do. Right. so he grabs his <laughs> elbow then you got the and, other and, and family like, he shakes it off real quick you're driving along you're driving along and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the back seat I gotta go to the bathroom daddy not now damn it truck tire I can't stop oh, help there's a cliff oh, it's so funny they're, they're more like brothers like, hey, just call us you know you, and there's no reason to say no yeah they're more like brothers and Richard was like the older brother that was like just giving him crap all the yeah. time and he the was the unpopular. only one yeah. that can fluster Tommy right. because Tommy would come back and say this this and this but then Richard snipe him a little bit here and there and he'd be like yeah shut up shut up Richard because he, he, he you know he, you know he, he might not he wasn't the smartest person on the uh, on the block right uh-huh. but he also wasn't like creepy and a bad person he was just a re- everybody loved him but everybody also probably knew he was an idiot you know but right. Richard's the only one that called him out on being an idiot in his entire life right and like even his dad would just be like <sighs> you know but but I mean Richard literally would call him out for being an idiot and it shows early on in the movie that that has like always other. been like yeah, that. Yeah, they don't like you. Yeah, that he's always called him out for being an idiot. Yeah, you know. I'm wondering why when 
Tommy was running from that big house when he was younger. It's like, wouldn't he have like a chauffeur to take him to school? Because I mean, first of all, you know his dad's rich oh. later on in the movie. But even the, the when he was younger, the house he was running away from was a really nice big house. I had my own Rachel moment. Okay. Oh no. With the bus, and you said, okay. "Oh crap!" I'm starting no, to watch these things I, like I, Rachel. Does. I'm thinking, okay, Tommy Boy is, or you know, Tommy is catching the bus. And why? It. Why is Richard riding a bike? If he lives that far away, lives obviously nearby, why isn't he riding the bus to school instead of taking the bus? Well, he probably did it. He was running for a good minute or two before he finally caught up to the bus. But that just means he lives further away from the school. Tommy does, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so where he would have to ride the bus, where maybe by the time he caught up to the bus, it was close enough to school that then he saw Richard, who lived in probably a poor neighborhood closer to the school. Or whatever, but yeah, it's a very could you could explain it, but it could also be a real I mean, moment. He, he's that was a big kid. He, I, I was a big kid too, but that was a big kid that I, I'm sure he wasn't running that much. So I like I wrote down the, this note: Ah, the '90s where they always went overboard to tell you who the good guy is and who the bad guy is, mm-hmm. and who it, like like it goes overboard and really setting up. Um, what do you call it? foreshadowing and everything yeah. like okay everyone loves Tommy his dad loves and trusts him despite his obvious faults even as a detriment to the company you know yeah. literally making him the president you know or right. grooming him to be the president and no matter how stupid it is or whatever his dad's like yeah yeah good job Tommy boy and everybody in the factory everybody's hey Tommy hey how's it going everybody's everybody loves him yeah. right Richard's the only one in the world that doesn't but like Richard's him. the only one that can explain the reason he is the way he is. Sure. You know. Yeah. So, and then you got the bad guy. Okay. So, who's going to be the bad guy? You got to show it really, really clear cut. Rob Lowe ominously gets off a bus in town. He hits a kid through the window and he throws trash into a baby stroller all within yeah. the first few seconds. Right. And then for the next couple scenes, carries around a brown bag wrapped bottle yeah. that he continuously sips from. Who's right. the bad guy? I wonder. Yeah. And then Richard, you know, resents Tommy and is really whiny, but he's yeah. loyal. So you know how yeah. he's going to. Well, he just out. said, you know, he said it himself. He said, you know, in the same conversation that he loved Tommy's dad, sure, because he didn't have a dad, and he taught him, you know, he he taught him everything he knows. He was his da- his father figure, yeah, and that he was saying Tommy took advantage of that because he knew, hey, you're Tommy's dad, right? You know, and and um, Tommy is Tommy's dad, but uh, you know. Right at the beginning, he said, "You know, he taught he taught me everything I knew. You know, he loved. He's like, I loved your dad. Yeah. You know. Um. And he also said in that same sentence or that same paragraph or whatever, saying that he um he's like his dad. He may not be smart, book smart like his dad, but he's street smart like his dad. Right. Which his dad was both apparently. You know. So, but he was street smart, and so that's how he became a great salesman, basically. Yeah. Um, so this movie also brings up legitimate sales concerns, such as the guarantee on the box and the psychology of the customer. Um, yeah, you're paying for the guarantee, not yeah, for the product. Is a guarantee just a crutch, or is it product integrity? Right. You know, so like you have all the infomercials with all those products. They're pretty cool things, most of those stuff on Insta- in infomercials, but there's a reason they're on infomercials yeah. and not a common household name. Right. You know, and all those ones 
this has a money back guarantee money back guarantee full price if you blah blah you know and it's like it's just pumped into their ads you know full uh, full price guarantee money back guarantee you know all this kind of stuff but if you look at like michelin tires or different things like that it's like yeah those companies have that too but they don't market that right right they don't need to because the name speaks for itself right so I thought that was kind of a cool thing that this movie did. It's like, oh, okay, that wasn't part of the clear-cut thing. They didn't have to add that in there. But that was a cool way for Tommy to be able to find his own way of doing things. Yeah. And, you know, sell well, he the was Well, se- he was know. selling better than his dad ever did. Well, in that one place, yeah. she was like, oh, yeah, that's a thousand parts. Your dad yeah. never got that in that place, whatever yeah. it was. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, if you guys get a chance, watch this movie. Um we watched it on Amazon, so it is a rental. Um, I'm sure you could find it on some of the free sites that are out there where you got to watch ads and everything. But um, if you get a chance, watch I Am Chris Farley as well. That's um, a really good insight into his life and, and what led him down his, his terribly tragic road. Um, it's... Uh, it's This is a movie I don't think that... I don't think today's youth or today's young adults would like yeah i just don't think it is uh, there's there's nothing offensive about it like you would see in some of the 80s and 90s movie i don't think there's probably a couple things that you could say oh well that's offensive but it's not really offensive it's just not the humor that today's you know youth or or young adults or whatever are really that much into i would say this movie is good for nostalgia people who watched it back in the day and liked it my my daughter watched it she she would laugh there's plenty of parts that she would laugh in and you know she enjoyed it she just wasn't like oh my gosh this movie's so hilarious right but she was like this is funny you know yeah she actually she actually kind of enjoyed it but it's not like 40 year old virgin or bridesmaids nowadays where it's like okay that was you know are the, the generation behind us is right. you know real big thing right, right, so right. um all right well what's your favorite part of this movie uh, it's got to be the the hotel scene which which hotel scene where he was watching the girl skinny dip <laughs> no and no. he comes behind him and he's no, like, no 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 that that was kind of vulgar it was hilarious but vulgar <laughs> he said at the same time. he said who's your favorite little rascal richard who's your favorite little rascal alfalfa or is it spanky? <laughs> no, I like where he said, uh, he said, uh, uh, room service? Yeah. No, Did housekeeping. Co- co- yeah, housekeeping? You want pillow? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I want I, sleeping. <laughs> housekeeping? No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping? Could you come back in an hour? Housekeeping, you want towel? Our towels need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want me for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. I forget that like a lot of that it was it wasn't yeah it wasn't just like those last two end parts. There was a Spade went through a whole thing yeah. with it, you know. And for some reason, I always thought it was just like the those last two parts on yeah. it, you know. But again, you could just see the type of comedy that he's just trying to aggravate Farley his little does. brother. Yeah, but like like. Sandler is great at this, you know. This this is Sandler's shtick. Chris yeah, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, boy, uh, you know. Team Tim Meadows, you know. I mean, just all these guys are really well 
they're really good in these roles. Do you think that Adam Sandler kind of took that explosive nature of Chris Farley where he just yell out every once in a while? Because you see Adam Sandler do that a lot. Do you think that but was kind of like when you, he first came out, he wouldn't like that. He wouldn't that explosive. No, but I mean, like he will like Billy Madison, maybe Happy Gilmore, whatever. But I mean. After that, he came out and would do that like like in Big Daddy, where he's like kangaroo song, kangaroo song. He's like, all right, yeah. That's you see, like even Chris Farley's not thing. like that. Uh, well, from what, the what little stand up I've actually watched, because I don't want to ruin anything. But I wonder if but, he does that because yeah. of Chris Farley. Just does those little could, outbursts yeah. and everything. Because you know, as much as we heard they were best friends, you know, we wonder like, well, there's also you know Chris Rock and Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows, and um, that guy that David's college with everything. Um, you know that was in Second City with him, but they went to college together. Uh, um, I can't remember. It wasn't somebody. That it was, was in. It was in the. It was in, no, not not anybody that I I recognize really from anything. I'm sure he was in some of Chris Farley's stuff, I but remember. I know his brother. His brother was. Yeah, his older brother, the one with the beard, yeah. it reminds me a lot of Chris Farley, man. So there's a few things here. Um, first of all, we we got into this with Adam Sandler movie, so I just have to say it. Ebert, obviously not a fan of this. This was his review. Tommy Boy is one of those movies that plays like an explosion down at the screenplay factory. You can almost picture a bewildered office boy, his face smudged with soot, wandering through the ruins and rescuing pages at random. Too bad they didn't mail them to the insurance company instead of filming them. The movie is an assembly of cliches and obligatory scenes from dozens of other movies. All are better. It has only one original idea, and it's a bad one. The inspiration of making the hero sidekick into simultaneously his buddy, his critic, and his rival. Talking about David Spade's character right, and stuff. Right, so right. Um, that was Ebert's, uh, his his little spiel, but, you know, it's sorry, we, we, you know I, how I we feel really about. I agree with those two guys. I don't think, any, you know, you kind of think that, you know, nowadays, if they were still alive, right, like, would they look back and say, you know, I was kind of wrong. I think I was wrong on a lot of this. I mean, it's almost to the point where it's like, you know, I kind of feel like they'd be like, man, we were wrong a lot. I don't know if I, I don't know, know if they'd go back on it because that's their job. Their job is to critique movies, but it's not to critique these type of movies. Yeah. And they do it just because, you know, somebody's got to critique them and, you know, why not them and everything. But it, it becomes like. This movie wasn't made for for reviewers, you know. What movie is made for reviewers? But I mean, obviously, I don't know. It's 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 very strange. Um, I'm just gonna tell a few stories here if you're good with that. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Myers said uh, I improvised with Chris, and I was scared to death because he had already knocked someone's tooth out and given someone else a scar just from being so crazy. Uh -huh. That's why I said he didn't want to work with him. Um, or not that he didn't want to work with that. They were scared with him. Yeah. Uh, that guy in a little coat came from a little after hours bit where they, him and yeah. Spade were sharing an office. And he he wasn't singing it. He'd just be like, that guy in a little He would always put David Spade's coats on. Well, and that's probably, and, and that seems so out of, like, not, that scene seemed like it wasn't supposed to be in the film or like it was a behind the scenes kind of thing because the way he said it like he puts the jacket on and spade automatically knows what he's doing right like and you know you kind of think that maybe it was and he goes um, if this is fat guy in a little coat i'm not turning around you yeah know, that yeah. type of thing yeah but i mean he goes, he no it's no it's new it's new and he turned around and it's that yeah and he automatically knew what it was you know right off the bat so it was kind of like an ad lib that must have you know again like you were talking about with the prior yeah. experience, and I think you knew you, I know who you were talking about before that he actually went to school with. It's Matt Foley. That was his. Yeah. That was his. His down by the river character. So yeah. there was one of 
one of his besides his Chippendales thing, which um, really Chris Rock said that Chippendales thing really kind of is one of the main things that started to bring Chris Farley down. Yeah, because the bit you know ends with him not getting the Chippendales position, and Chris Rock was saying you know he's like that's not comedy. Comedy is it's funny him doing it in the first place. The 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 finish to that the payoff for that would be that he gets it and Patrick Swayze doesn't get it. Yeah, that would be the comedy payoff for it. He goes, but then it ends up he's just a fat guy that doesn't get the role because he's fat. Yeah, he goes that. Where's the comedy of that? He yeah. goes, and I think that really messed Chris Farley up at that because that he was in a mental state at that point, mm-hmm. and so he goes, Chris Farley. The real Chris Farley probably wouldn't have gone through with that skit unless it had a different ending, but he was just in a certain mental state at mm-hmm. that time. But yeah. um, but to say this, the, the uh, other one that he was most well-known for was the Down by the River, yeah. Matt Foley, I'm a motivational speaker, all that. You know, David Spade was in that as the son of the parents and everything. Christina Applegate from uh, uh, Married with Children yeah. was in that. And the, the, the skit is hilarious to watch because... They, there's a good while where David Spade and Christina Applegate are having to cover their faces because they're laughing so hard. Oh, yeah. All right. How's everybody? Good, good, good. Now, as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. But um, this guy, uh, Matt Foley, met him, you know. They were both in the rugby stuff together, you know. He was like, uh, he he called... um, um, Chris Farley, uh, a prepster. He was like, he was kind of a prepster. You know, rugby is a rugged group, and I thought he might have a difficult time, but he fit right in. And he was a pretty decent athlete, mm-hmm. too, like we talked about. Um, so he invented that that m- motivational speaker character, you know, and uh, because Matt Foley was always kind of like cheering him up. And he, I think he was like a, a reverend or like a pastor or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the head pastor at, at St. James Catholic Church in, uh, in Arlington Heights in mm-hmm. Illinois, where um, he did the Second City stuff. Yeah. And um, when he started doing the character, you know, he called his buddy Matt Foley up and said, hey, I'm doing Matt Foley on Saturday Night if you got to watch and everything. So he goes, it was a little shocking to hear my name on national TV and everything. He's like, but I thought the the, the but, skit was hilarious yeah. and everything. So that's where that came from. It was actually from a friend of his that was in college with him and, okay. and all that kind of stuff. And that guy, Matt Foley, actually uh, presided over his funeral. Oh, really? The real Matt Foley. Yeah. And so it's kind of a cool thing because one of the most f- popular things in all Chris Farley's career was the Matt Foley motivational mm-hmm. speaker. Yeah. And he had the real Matt Foley preside over his, his mm-hmm. funeral. So... Uh, just a few things there to wrap it up a little bit on um, on Chris Farley. I'm not sure if we're going to do another one of his movies. Uh, maybe Beverly Hills Ninja and sometime way in the future or something. I don't know. I, I love that movie. We at least so. just wanted to get Tommy Boy out there because that was his, his most popular and most successful. Yeah. And probably his best. Um, but um, I don't know the the bus driver in, in uh, Billy Madison. Yeah, well, his best starring role. Yeah. But yeah, that bus driver. He's like, <laughs> just <laughs> uh, and his, his his head was shaking and so red and it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but 
Um, yeah, give this movie a watch. Uh, Chris Farley, it's, you know, it'll go down in history and eventually he's going to fade away like everybody and everything. But um, give this movie a shot to really watch somebody who had a lot of potential and could have gone somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, because of his love of excess, took him to a different path. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me in a van down by the river.